0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. Deflating, embarrassing, frankly, a wake-up call that this team probably needed if they're going to make the playoff push that everyone wants to see them make. What's going on, guys? Welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu, the Saints, end up falling short in Philadelphia 24-21 to in probably the most frustrating game of the entire season so far against an Eagles team that has been terrible for the majority of the season. The Saints didn't look good on defense for the first half, and their offense basically slept for three quarters. Um, that's never going to work. That's not the formula. And we talked about it yesterday on Twitter. Hey, look, if you're going to give up over 200 rushing yards and have a bunch of penalties and not score until the third quarter, I'd like to see where you win that football game. Like That rarely ever happens. Um, Philly should have had an extra three points because they shanked a 22-yard field goal. Like there were things in that game that could have even gone worse. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and most definitely the ugly in that game. I definitely want to talk about Taysom Hill because this is probably the most controversial start he definitely had. And we'll talk about why I believe that way. And there's also some things I want to talk about that aren't Taysom Hill related that could be a major issue for the Saints even when Drew Brees comes back. And this is something that concerns me um, if you're talking Super Bowl and you have to be talking Super Bowl with the Saints team, not just because of the way the roster is just because of the way the last three years have gone and with the Saints, it's not about winning in December, or winning in November anymore. It's winning in January. We'll talk about that in a second, but let's talk about Taysom Hill. Let's talk about the guy who probably will have the spotlight on him for the majority of this week, especially this Monday when you reassess the game, go back and rewatch I rewatched it a couple of minutes ago. Not fun, not fun at all. So let's go through with Taysom Hill And why this is so infuriating. And for starters, here's one thing I can't stand about Taysom Hill. Why are we trying to change who he is as a player? Taysom Hill is being used like a pocket passer. That's what he's being used like. He's always looking to throw downfield. That's nice. That's good. You know, He's showing signs of improvement as a passer. And I can't even deny deny that. His completion percentage is way better than I thought it'd be. And there are things that he has wowed me on. But why are we trying to turn him into a Jameis Winston-esque type of quarterback? And why are we not utilizing his best asset, which is his speed? He finished yesterday with five carries for 33 yards. In no way, shape, or form should he be running the football just five times. He's way too damn athletic, and he runs a 4-4-40. You are running the football more than five times. Five times is not enough. They only ran the football as a team yesterday 20 times. You're going to lose when you do that. So why is he only running the football five times? I have no freaking clue. Another issue I have with Taysom Hill, and this one is a really big concern, why is he so willing to take sacks? There's one thing, and I, and I always used to say this, and I said it last week with the Falcons game, there are situations where you take sacks. Instead of fumbling the football or throwing a bad pass, you take a sack, and absolutely, that's the case. Sometimes with Taysom, it's like, dude, you've been in the pocket for six seconds, get the fuck out of there. Like, what? Why are you sitting there, and waiting for that pocket to collapse and the rush to hit home. Specifically, in the fourth quarter, when it's do or die time, no urgency from the offense. That's a quarterback slash leadership thing. No sense of awareness. He got sacked twice on the final drive when it was really important. Couldn't take either sack, but he did it anyway because he didn't give a shit. That's an issue. Pocket awareness needs to be key, and it's not about taking the sack. It's pocket awareness No, hey, in my internal clock, I got to get out of the pocket, I got to move, and he's quick enough to do it. Because when he gets out of the pocket, it's always a positive play. But for some reason, he doesn't want to get out of the pocket. It's like he has to prove something, but we're not asking him to prove that. So that's an issue with Taysom. And let's get to the third issue and the most important issue and the one thing that he's not going to change and anyone who thinks he's going to change is just being in denial at this point. Taysom Hill fumbles every freaking game. Every game this man puts the ball on the turf. Every game. And there's an old saying when it comes to someone doing something multiple times. And I'll let my man, Michael Scott, take it away for me. You know what they say? Fool me once, strike one. But fool me twice, strike three. He's fumbled the football 10 times this season. He's only started four games and he has 10 fumbles this season. And the funny thing is... What was one of the reasons the Saints lost yesterday? That fourth down, bad play call. Josh Hill missed his block. So many issues on that fourth down play call. So I don't want to blame it all on Taysom. That'd be unfair of me to do so. But Taysom fumbling the football definitely didn't help. And people point to that play, and it was 17-14 to 14 at the time. Saints could take the lead, and he fumbles. And people say, oh, well, there we go. That fumble cost us the game. And then everyone loves to bring back the Packers game because now the Saints are the number two seed. And guess why the Packers beat the Saints that day? Because when it was 30 to 30, I believe, or, or around the same score, and the Saints were driving down the field, they brought in Taysom Hill, and he fumbled the football a read option. Packers go down the other way to take the lead. They never look back. They win the game. So he's cost them twice this year with fumbles. And I, again, I'm not saying yesterday's loss is completely on Taysom Hill. It's not. That would be a lie. But he's fumbled so many times It's a thing now. He can't hold on to the football. And it's so funny that Sunday morning started off with idiots like Dov Kleiman saying, hey, Saints have a better chance to win games with Taysom Hill than Drew Brees. Hey, buddy, fuck you. You're wrong. Like, the one thing about Taysom Hill I'll give him credit for, he does take more chances over the top. He is way more athletic than Drew Brees. Those are pros. But good Lord, could you imagine going on Twitter and saying, yeah, I think this guy who's only had four starts is a better option for the Saints than a Hall of Fame quarterback who, by the way, the game before he broke almost every rib in his body through four touchdown passes, had no touch uh, no interceptions, and just tore apart a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that was ranked top five going into that Sunday night game. Like, do you know how stupid you need to be to put that out there? And, of course, Twitter did their usual 180, Taysom Hill plays bad. Oh, well, the Saints can't wait to get Drew Brees back. Nah, stay on your side. Stay on your stupid side where you got to take that Drew Brees wasn't the best option for the Saints to win games. Like, that is the dumbest thing I heard. I commend Taysom Hill for what he's done. But, man, it's just at some point the fumbles are too much to handle. And with the way he fumbles at such a high clip, he can't go. You cannot go into the 2021 season with Taysom Hill as your starter. Like I, I don't want to hear it anymore. People are going to say I'm being unfair. You cannot fumble that many times and expect someone to stick with you. That's why when people say the Saints have their next quarterback in the building, I keep thinking to myself, Sean Payton's talking about Jameis Winston. He's not talking about Taysom Hill. For the short term, with rarely any tape on Taysom Hill and the Saints trying to move things along and Taysom having more experience in Sean's offense, Taysom's the guy this year. But if you're telling me the quarterback of the future is in the building for the New Orleans Saints, it's Jameis Winston. It's not Taysom Hill. I can't make that any more clear right now. I'm out on Taysom. I'm out. I think he's I think he's one of 32 quarterbacks because there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in this in this league. But if you're banking on him being your future, I think you're sadly mistaken. The fumbles are too much. The lack of awareness is too much. He doesn't command a huddle, uh, at least that i have liked to see. So there's not a lot that I love. And there's not a lot that I necessarily dislike. But those two things that I dislike a lot, awareness and fumbles, those are big things, guys. So that's something for me. And now one thing I wanted to say real quick, because I do want to ease up on Taysom a little bit. People keep asking for James Winston this year. What is our biggest problem with Taysom Hill? He keeps turning over the football. What is Jameis Winston's biggest issue? He turns over the football. Like, you're trying to replace a turnover-prone quarterback with the most turnover-prone quarterback in the NFL. Like, it's not that's not going to work because your issue that you're having with this offense right now is going to continue. And this is why I laugh when people want to push Drew Brees out the door so quickly. He had three interceptions this year. Three. Like, stop trying to push him out the door when he's clearly the best option. It makes no sense to me. Um, but th- that's an issue that I have with this team. Now let's talk about a major issue that is going to be a problem. Even when Drew Brees comes back, cause Drew Brees can only save so much with this team. The offensive line. What the hell were the saints thinking this offseason with the offensive line? How do you have an elite center and two elite tackles, but your guard play is absolute dog shit. Where does that make sense? Where does that make sense? When the Saints were at their best, it was with the Carl Nixes of the world, the Jari Evans, the Grubbs. They had great interior offensive linemen. Now, they don't even have one good interior offensive lineman. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Sometimes Nick Easton's their best interior offensive lineman, which is sad. And I don't know if we're going to see Nick Easton again this year because he just had another concussion. That's his second this season. He missed multiple weeks with the first one. You got to think about long-term stuff here. So maybe Nick Easton doesn't play, which would leave you with, Cesar Ruiz, who is almost responsible for Drew Brees cracking all his ribs, and Andrews Pete, who is always responsible for giving up quarterback sacks because his ass is on the turf. And why did the Saints get, get upset by the Vikings last year? People are going to say Drew Brees didn't play well. People are going to say they came out too too slow. Sure. The biggest issue was that Mike Zimmer said, hey, these guards for the Saints, and at the time it was Larry Warford and Andrews Pete. man, they're not good. And we're going to use stunts. We're going to use everything possible to make sure we just expose the interior of the Saints' offensive line, and it worked. And people love to say, well, if Drew didn't fumble at the end, we win that game. All right, guys, let's go back to the tape and watch when Drew fumbled. Larry Warford gets blown up off his spot in two seconds. In two seconds, blown up off his spot, and all of a sudden, the ball's out of Drew Brees' hands. It totally happens. And for this team, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, and and again, you guys are going to say, stop thinking big picture. This is the only way you can think with the Saints. When you're good four straight years, No more regular season wins. That doesn't mean anything. What means something is winning in January. So I'm going to keep saying that. The interior of this offensive line could cost them a Super Bowl. Because their linebacking corps, it's hitting right now. Their secondary is getting better. Granted, they have issues. They're getting better. The defensive line, off day yesterday, but I think they were trying to figure out Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to be fine. The offense, you know what you have in your running backs. Wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas, you're set right there. Tight ends. Jared Cook is starting to play a little bit better, which is good for his confidence. And now you see Adam Troutman getting involved. The Saints don't have guards. That's their issue. And they paid Andrews Pete so much money, and he continues to suck. And I'm over the Andrews Pete apologists. I'm sick and tired of some people who go on Twitter, and you know who they are. And I'm not trying to be an ass right now, but you know who those people are. And they go, oh, you love to single out Andrews Pete. Yeah, I love to single out Andrews Pete because his mistakes are so blatant. The first play of the game, the Saints have a screen pass dialed up for a big game. One guy whiffed on his block and it blew the whole play up. Do you know who that guy was? It was Andrews Pete. And then next drives, Taysom Hill gets sacked early. Do you know who got blown up on his play? Andrews Pete. It's a reoccurring theme with this guy. And when he doesn't, and he doesn't make a mistake like that, guess what he makes? A mental mistake, a false start, a holding. He just stinks. It's simple. If you're still making apologies and excuses for Andrews Pete, that's on you. I've seen enough from this guy. I never liked when the Saints picked him. I'm never going to like him under this extension. The guy sucks. He's weak. And the Saints can't even bench him now. Can't even bench him to send a message because you don't got Nick Easton. And it's not like Cesar Ruiz is any good. At this point, Ruiz is Pete 2.0 with the way he's playing. And I cut Ruiz some slack because Ruiz didn't have an offseason. He's changing positions. So next year's the real year to figure out what they have in Ruiz. Not this year. Next year is the year. But Andrews Pete sucks. I don't understand that contract. I'll never understand that contract. And for a team that's going to have salary cap issues next year, doesn't it suck when you're paying 15 freaking mil to a guy who can't block on a consistent basis? That's not good. So uh, Andrews Pete could literally, and I'm serious, this Andrews Andrews Pete uh, Cesar Ruiz duo at guard can cost the Saints in the playoffs. I cannot make that any more clear. That's a big issue. For me Now, I want to talk about this defense, because a lot of people came at me and were like, hey, well, you know, if the defense played well, they would have won the game. Can we stop blaming the defense for every time the Saints lose? Like, every time the Saints lose, it's suddenly the Saints defense that's the problem. It was the Saints defense was the problem in in Vegas when the offense absolutely wet the bed. It was the Saints defense's problem when Taysom Hill fumbled against the Packers in Green Bay territory. It's always the defense's problem, right? So, here's what I know about the defense. The defense came out slow. I get that. But... The defense also made a huge stop in the first quarter on fourth down when the Eagles ran 12 plays, ended up getting no points out of it. And what did the offense do? The offense rewards them by missing a field goal, which we'll talk about Will Lutz in a little bit. Rewards them by missing a field goal. Then they go down to score. Okay, how does the offense reward them? Another quick three and out. A, an interception by Taysom Hill that spots them more points. They were put in bad positions. And yet when you look at all of this, Here's what it came down to the defense. The defense had one atrocious play. That Miles Sanders 80-yard touchdown run, Absolutely atrocious. You got to wipe that out. And, and thank God that 100-yard rusher stat's out now. I, I was sick and tired of that stat to begin with. The Saints defense in the past game, everyone was like, oh, the secondary looks like shit. They gave up 167 passing yards. Like, can we chill on that? Like, that's a good number to give up. A very good number to give up, okay? Jalen Hurts completed roughly 50% of his passes. It's not like he was slinging his football all over the field. Like, I, I, I think people are... I don't think people really know what they saw yesterday because they're blaming the wrong side of the ball, okay? So, yeah, they gave up 14, 17 early points. I get that. They gave up seven points in the second half. Only seven points in the second half, okay? And with this defense, it was so easy yesterday to hammer it in. Your third road game, you were giving up 17 points in the first half. Things can go wrong. They played ridiculously good football in the second half. That third quarter was their best that they've seen in a while, or at least what we're accustomed to the last couple of weeks. They played lights out, got them off the field early, got their team in position multiple times, made multiple stops. They had that fourth down stuff on Jalen Hurts on a QB sneak. And even late in the game, they never gave up. And the game was really over. Quan Alexander punches out the football, the Saints score a touchdown a couple of plays later. Their defense, I'm not, I'll put... of the blame on the defense. That's as as much as I'm willing to go. They played a quarterback who was making his first start with no tape to prepare against a team that all of a sudden was rejuvenated after mailing it in for two months straight. And you gave up 24 points. You should win games when you give up 24 points. When you give up 24 points and Drew Brees is your quarterback, you win games nine times out of ten. Their offense was bad. The special teams was not great, and specifically the kicking. I thought Morstead did a decent job with his punts, and I thought the onside kick that they tried, beautiful kick. They should have had it. Let's be real. Craig Robertson gets paid to steal this organization's money. He should recover that fumble. Now, Will Lutz, let's talk about him, because this is something that's going to be a concern. Will Lutz, through the first 12 weeks of the season, arguably the best kicker in the league, arguably. Last two weeks, he's missed three kicks, and we're reaching the point where I'm legitimately concerned. I I don't know what is going on. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if this is a mental block right now, but something ain't right with Will Lutz, and this is an issue going into the playoffs. And if you want to win big games, you got to make big kicks, and you're not making big kicks right now with the way Will Lutz is going. And this is a guy who was so consistent, and his numbers this year are still pretty good. Like He was so good through the first 12 weeks. That missing three kicks in the last two games doesn't really screw up his stats all that much, but he's getting cold at the wrong time, and you hope, you hope that he's okay for that uh, Chiefs game in terms of making kicks, because that's a game that, let's be real, it's probably going to be a shootout, and you guys are going to say, hey, they only scored 21 yesterday, how is it going to be a shootout? It's going to be a shootout. I'm telling you from now. This, this Saints team will bounce back against the Chiefs. I'm not saying they're going to win, but in terms of energy, attention to detail, that will be so much better. And no, I am not one of those people that thinks a loss is good. Like, oh, you needed this wake-up call. You needed this reality check. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of because what you need is the one seed. You don't need to lose to know what you missed. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But I do know that this team will, at least in terms of production, bounce back. They're going to have a much better game against the Chiefs. And this Chiefs game is going to go one of two ways for me. It's either going to be last year's 49ers-Saints game or it's going to be the 2018 Saints Steelers game. It's going to be one of those two games for me. You're going to lose or win on a, on a crazy fumble late in the game, or you're going to lose on a Patrick Mahomes game-winning drive with a minute left. That For me, that's it. That's how I see this game. I'm sure a lot of you probably see it the same way, but that's how I see it. I think it's that type of game. Now, I want to talk about Drew Brees. Can't really blame anything on him. He, wouldn't, he didn't play yesterday. What I found interesting was his press conference, or should I say his post-game like video chat that he does uh, with Mike Neighbors, I believe, from Cox Sports. He was asked, is there a sense of urgency to play against the defending Super Bowl champs? And then within a split second, this guy's like, yep, absolutely. We need to figure out something with Drew Brees here. It's like, okay, if he's not ready to go, like if he is not close to 100%, I'm not playing him against the Chiefs. I don't think the Saints are getting the one seed now, guys. You don't want to hear it. I'm giving you the harsh truth, fine, whatever. They're not going to get the one seed, okay? So, you got to figure out what you want to do with Drew. If Drew's not ready to play Sunday, by no means do you throw him under. So, and I don't think the Saints will, by the way. On the flip side, you know Drew Brees. You know Drew Brees, the competitor. You are going to have to handcuff him to the bench to make him sit next Sunday. Because in his mind, he knows I need to be out here for the team. If they're going to win this game. And this is a big litmus test. I, I know... People will say, oh, well, it doesn't matter because the seating. Yeah, look, if the Saints win this game, though, they're on track to finish 13 and 3 yet again. And this team, at least momentum-wise, would build a lot towards the playoffs. As you beat the Chiefs, that's a lot in terms of confidence builder. That's big time. But the Saints need to save Drew Brees from himself at the same time. And it's a really tough, delicate balance here. They need Drew for the playoffs. I don't care who's in there for the Chiefs game. What I love to see Drew? Absolutely, that's who I'd rather see. It's Drew frickin' Breeze. I obviously want to see him in the game. But, save him from himself if you can, if he's not nearly ready to go. And he's still dealing with pain when he's throwing the football. Let me tell you something. Chris Jones is going to destroy the Saints offensive line. He's going to have Andrews Pete in the turf. He's going to have Cesar Ruiz in the turf. No matter who you match up against him, he's going to have them in the turf. So, do you want Drew exposed to big hits from Chris Jones? Frankly, I don't. Maybe you do, I don't know, but that's something that I wouldn't want to see. Um, so obviously with this Drew situation, it's it's a delicate balance because you want him out there and you know he wants to play against Patrick Mahomes, but at the same time, like if you're not going to get the one CD do you want to risk Drew's health? No. So that is very interesting for me. Now before I wrap this up, I want to talk about something that I said on Twitter. You guys are saying, oh, you're taking the optimistic spin, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I know, guys. I'm over the regular season and overreacting to games. I'm over overreacting to a win. I'm over overreacting to a loss. You're never as high as your highest highs and you're never as low as your lowest lows. And the Saints are never going to be as good as that 38-3 to 3 thrashing of buck, of the Buccaneers. And the Saints are never going to be as bad as this loss to the Eagles. What is important for me is that they don't mess this up in January. And the NFL playoffs is such a crapshoot, and, and the way it goes is... You just got to get there multiple times. The reason, the, and everyone says, oh, well, the Patriots proved it doesn't matter. They could do it consistently. Yeah, I get that, guys. But it also comes down to how many times are you making the playoffs? When you make the playoffs two decades straight, you're going to win some. You're absolutely going to win some. So with the Saints, it comes down to one seed, two seed, bye week, no bye week. Make the playoffs, which they did. They clinched the playoff spot already. Win in division. One more win, and they clinched the division. So, Win one of the last three games in the Sanctuary Division champ and just crack away at it. Crack away at it. Look, I know people are frustrated they're not going to get the one seed. I know people are frustrated they keep losing in January, as am I. Okay. But man, Just keep cracking away. You get to the playoffs so many times, eventually you're going to break through. Because half the battle in playoffs is luck. That's why Nick Foles has a Super Bowl. That's why Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl. That's why Eli Manning has a Super Bowl. Half the battle in the playoffs is luck. You make a couple of lucky throws here and there. A team that you can't beat gets bounced out by someone else, and something works out. In your favor, it works out. So you need to have a little luck along the way. And when that happens, you're in great shape. And the only way you get to that point where you have a little luck go your way is you constantly make the playoffs. And the Saints haven't had any luck the last couple years. It's a push-off there, a Minnesota miracle here, a bad no-call there. I get it. It hasn't worked out for them. Eventually, though, you do break through. So that's why I'm not going to sit here and complain and complain and complain about a loss to the Eagles. Yesterday's loss was bad. It was flat-out bad. It was disappointing. It was deflating. It was embarrassing. Call whatever you want. It was a bad loss for this team. I totally get that. They were also on a three-game road trip. They were bound, down to, uh, bound excuse me, to have a bad game. And, and the third thing, did we think they were going to go undefeated without Drew Brees for the rest of eternity? Like, what's going on? People are like, oh my God, we never lose without Drew Brees. Dude, it was bound to happen. And Taysom Hill isn't Teddy Bridgewater, so it was definitely bound to happen. They could have lost last week against the Falcons. They just so happened to lose this one against the Eagles. They were playing with fire the last two weeks. They finally got burnt, and it happens. But no, I'm not gonna lose sleep over a loss on December 13th to the Eagles. What I'll lose sleep over is a January 7th, 8th, 9th, whatever the date might be in the Wild Card Weekend loss to an Arizona Cardinals team, or a Minnesota Vikings team, or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team in the third installment of that uh, that game. Those are things that I maybe would lose sleep for. Sleep over, excuse me. I'm not gonna lose sleep over a Eagles loss in December. When this team is missing, it's best quarterback. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, Would I like them to get the one seed? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to be the end-all, be-all with this team? No. It's 2020. It's a weird year. There's no home field advantage. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in the playoffs? All I do know is they're going to be in the playoffs, and hopefully they hold on to that two seed because that two seed would set up an interesting matchup with the Cardinals where, frankly, guys, I think the Saints match up really well with that team uh, I know you guys are going to say, well, they couldn't contain Jalen hurts. How are they going to contain Kyler Murray? Go watch last year. What the saints did to Kyler Murray. It was pretty fun. They destroyed them. 31 to nine. Wasn't even close. So I think that would be the matchup for me. If you're the saints, hold on to the two seed. You got to watch out though. Cause the Rams and the Seahawks are both on the come up. Saints got to do something here. Can't really afford to lose, drop another one. Um, and expect to hold on to that two seed. which means you got to win the last three games of the season. Can they do it? We'll find out. They got a big one against the chiefs next weekend um, and it should be interesting. And this week is going to be all about Drew Brees speculation. Saints aren't going to give you the slightest clue as to who's starting. You're going to get a couple splash reports from and Rappaport and those boys, but we're not going to know till probably Friday, and, and that's going to be the way it goes. So we'll see what happens, guys. But anyway, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. If you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, and, and just take it one week at a time with the Saints team. Enjoy it. They're still 10-3. and 3. They're still going to make the playoffs. Uh, this is a tough damn week, guys. You're not going to win every week. It happens. We'll see what's there. They still have a chance to get the one seed. I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. But anyway, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode. Stay tuned for more content, uh, not just on the podcast, but the YouTube page later this week. And hopefully we get some promising news on Drew Brees and his availability for week 15.